0: And welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Emily
1: Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey and we're Qualified London Blue Badge Tourist Guides. Each week we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people, places and events with a bit of information, a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun.
0: We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London Podcast and on our websites, guideemily.com
1: and alexlacey.com, for information about our upcoming walking tours and virtual tours, as well as what the Blue Badge Guiding Qualification is all about. Hey, Emily. Hey, Miss Lacey. <laughs> <laughs> How's tricks? Tricks are good. How are your tricks? Well, you know, we're in tier four now. <laughs> tier four. Good. <laughs> Um, it is. It is mad, but, isn't it? Well, it's all, I mean, all the fun of a kind of fair that that would uh, that would probably make a future <laughs> Ladies of London podcast as your choice, because you know it's sort of all grey and dark and miserable and <laughs> pretty grim, pretty grim. And the but guide we've likes got to that. find. Uh, we've got to find the positives, haven't we? We do, and we've just gone past the winter solstice, which means that the days are now getting longer, which is makes me super happy. And um, you just told me
0: that you have purchased a huge bottle of champagne for Christmas Day. So
1: that's a big positive. Yes, because we're not spending it with families any longer. So my husband and I are hunkering down and having a big bottle of champagne. <laughs> good, good for you. You've got to make the most of it, haven't you? Yeah. Well, I hope absolutely. everybody out there um, who's listening is is not too disheartened by uh, all of the lockdowns in London and the UK. I know it's a bit it's a bit rubbish, but you know, we're gonna get through it. We and will. we're gonna be here doing our podcast and carrying on as normal so there we go exactly yeah well thank you all for coming back this week um we've got an interesting slightly different one this week haven't we
0: yes so we didn't spin the wheel last week and of course we are only a couple of days what is it? it's wednesday today so we're just literally Two days away from Christmas. Yeah. Um, so we have decided to do twelve days of Christmas.
1: With yeah, Emily. Now two, <laughs> we're going to do one podcast today because nobody needs that. No. <laughs> what we are, are going to do is our twelve sort of favourite London Christmas things. Um, we've got six each, and we're we're going to sort of go against our natural inclination to make it into a fight, aren't we? We're just going to. Yes, we're just going to. We're just, <laughs> just going to talk about them. We're just going to pass over the cracker, shall we say? Absolutely. in a nice way absolutely but before we do that we do have to find out uh the results of the podcast pedestal last yeah. week so last week was your really fantastic uh, frost fairs episode oh thank you where we thank talked you. about all of the um the river freezing over and the fairs that took place and all of the kind of crazy stuff that went on uh on top of the ice and, and all that kind of thing and um what was the podcast pedestal options this week emily
0: so I went with the elephant walking along the ice, which was something that happened at the last frost fair. And you went for the ticket
1: that was purchased by King Charles II, did Fantastic you? choice. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, a very good choice. It was a very <laughs> good choice. The ticket purchased by the king, because I, I kind of liked the idea that the king was there and going, hey, this is cool. We've got to, you know, we've got to get stuck in on this. This is what everyone's doing. I want a piece of that action.
0: Very true. But would your jaw drop as much for the king as it would for the elephant? Yes. Okay, then. (laughs) Feeling confident with this one then, huh?
1: No. (laughs) Not feeling confident. Are you feeling confident?
0: Well, I've seen my poll results on my personal... um, yeah, Instagram. but you know, you're playing to the home
1: crowd on on that yeah. one. I so don't know well, where the other ones have gone. I'd
0: like to think that people are, you know, choosing because that's that's their personal choice and not because it's they like me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, well, um, King Charles's ticket came in with a very impressive forty-two votes. That is good. Good. That well, is two, good. Of life, all of that. Yeah. Um, the elephant came in oh, with seventy-three. <gasps> Oh, so oh my god 31
0: more than you yeah that yeah, is <laughs> seriously that wow okay so this means that we are six all currently are we, we ending the tired. year
1: my lead has gone. six all yes Ugh. i'm not i'm not happy with that i was hoping for a christmas number one slot
0: oh that gosh made. that's brilliant thank you so much guys thank you all for voting for whatever. the
1: elephant <laughs> whatever none of you are my favorite anymore brilliant Thank you've you. done it you've done it that's your best I've Christmas done it. present I've done it. yes it is
0: I mean it would be you know I'd, I'd like to be ahead of you but uh I'm happy to draw at the end of the year you know step down from those big dreams baby yeah <laughs> maybe 2021 is my year I'm just going to be stepping forward every week yeah
1: good luck with that anyway <laughs> let's get going with our Christmas um cracker of a I'm because you've just won the podcast pedestal I'm going to extend that Christmas present and ask you to go first.
0: Oh, that is so kind of you Alex. Yeah Thank don't you. don't don't make you know I'm not going to make a habit of this don't get used All to right. it. All well, right. I don't think you're a martyr or anything but okay. <laughs> um
1: <laughs> where are we starting with your Christmas So
0: well we're actually going to Knightsbridge which is an area where you can find lots of wonderful shops and one big department store there is called Harrods. Yeah. So inside Harrods, during the festive season, you can find a bit of a winter wonderland. They usually put on a, a huge Christmas display. And something that you can purchase every Christmas is the Harrods Christmas Bear. Uh,
1: hmm.
0: So they have been selling teddy bears in Harrods since 1906. And actually, they have two bears they release every year. They have a Christmas bear and they have a Harrods annual bear. Oh my. The annual bear this year shows a beautiful little Toby which is about 40 centimeters so I guess a a child of three or four could easily hold it whilst walking down the street Um, and it shows the bear with a green apron and a chef's hat yeah and this is a nod in the direction to the food halls Yeah so Knightsbridge is quite well known for its food halls and if you go there the people behind the the desk selling you things will be wearing I mean, this, this. The
1: food halls are incredible they're, they're at Harrods they are mm. artistry the cake one is just it's, it's amazing to see. Mm. Um, it's, it's a lovely place to go to
0: at Christmas because you know you could uh treat yourself I remember last year uh me and my boyfriend, we took his mum to Harrods and we had a, a glass of sherry and an Aww. oyster. It was, you know, really a real treat. Um, so, yeah, so this particular bear basically looks like the staff members that you'll find in the food halls. But the Christmas bear is aptly named Nicholas.
1: Brilliant.
0: Lovely. And dressed uh, for the occasion in a fur trimmed coat. That showcases the signature green hue. So you'll see the green colour over oh, okay. the coat. And upon the paw, it says 2020. And is Nicholas the
1: same every year except for the for the actual date?
0: No, no, no. It's different it every single well year. Every year. Yeah, every single year. Um, it's not too expensive. I thought for a Harrods bear, it would be more. It's £30, yeah. which I think is okay. Um if, you know, if you've got some of the old bears going back to the early 1900s, then you can make an absolute fortune if you put them on eBay. I that.
1: Mm. I mean, the twenty twenty one is probably going to be worth a bit in a few years. Time Definitely. Well. I
0: mean, what a year. Right. Um, and the designers, and I think they're still the designers today, It's a company called Farnell. I think Farnell Um, and they were founded in the middle of the 1800s and they were pretty much the first teddy bear makers so they collaborated with Harrods to start creating their famous teddy bears. Fantastic have you got one? No to be honest I'm not actually although I like the idea of you know having a little look and seeing you know what there is is coming out this year
1: um, I'm not really a a toy fan no soft toy fan with you. And also, I think if you'd started to go down that route, you'd then want one every year and it would become an obsession and you'd end up well, exactly. on one of those TV shows where they've got to dig you out of your house because there's too much hoarding going on. Like yeah. I mean, It's going to be one of those, isn't it?
0: Definitely. You'd, you'd have them all over the bed yeah. and just everywhere. They'd be in drawers, kind of, you know, with their heads stuck out. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's not go down that road but i love that that's a little tradition that you uh you know
0: yeah yeah i think it's quite do. sweet and they usually have you know you usually see the green or they wear like a red jacket or sometimes yeah. they'll be dressed as a beef
1: eater um so yeah there you go the harris christmas bear the harrods christmas bear fabulous oh i like that i'm gonna have to go and have a little look at some point not this year obviously but another year (laughs) let's see um well my first christmas one is actually something that takes place every year on christmas eve and it has taken place for over 150 years um now we're going back to one of your favorite places when we did the hidden rivers uh, episode a few uh, weeks back and we talked about smithfield market and all of the grisly guts and everything going into the river and you got really excited at that point yes (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, market is is this meat market that's been going um oh for hundreds of years literally hundreds of years Mm. um somewhere in the region of about 800 years actually and um every year on christmas eve of the last well over 150 they have an auction now, normally the market is wholesale only and it works through the small hours and, you know, all the restaurants go and get their meat, They're particularly uh, beef. They say something like 80 percent of the beef you eat in London comes from Smithfield Market. Um, but what used to happen is the market predates sort of refrigeration and all that kind of thing. So when it would close down for Christmas and, the, you know, the few days or a week or whatever over that period, uh, you couldn't keep the meat. So all the meat was sold off on the Christmas holiday to avoid it going to waste. And so this is the only time that as a a regular punter, let's say you can go and buy um, meat from the market. So the previous day you have to get up, you know, decent time, not stupid o'clock, but, you know, you have to get in there and you have to be armed with cash. It's cash only. Whether or not that will change in the future, who knows? Um, And the organizer is a chap called Greg Lawrence, and he's been running it for about 40 years. And you can go and get your Norfolk turkey, your side of beef, your hams, whatever you want. Uh, they are on offer there, and um, the organizer he he doesn't ever like to see anyone go away empty-handed, so he will generally oh. make sure that you you know you've got you go away with something. Um, and often people will make these signs that say beef steak please or turkey or whatever it might be, and so even if you're at the back of the group, he he knows what you're after, um, and he brings it all out. There's about sixteen tons of top quality meat, all sixteen spare. tons, yeah, that's a huge amount, and it's all going for a discount <laughs> because they need to get rid of it. Um, now you will sort of wave your cash at him to let him know that you know you're you're buying and whatever um, but there is an option that you can go away with something free um and he does a coin toss okay you can ask him to do a coin toss and he'll toss the coin if you call it right so if you call heads and it lands on heads you get whatever it is you're going for for free if it lands on if you don't guess what it is then you have to pay the agreed price that's it oh so so you do have an option of getting uh free and and there's also they always have loads of turkeys going around so you know even if you're you've left your turkey to the last minute but there's one thing that you have to be aware of it is bring your own bag you may not they, they don't sell any bags or anything to take it away when you get it you bring your own bag. You've got to have your own bag. Absolutely. Wow. Have you done this yourself? Have you Do gone you know there what? On Christmas I have, Eve? Every year I've meant to go, but every year I've always been out of London on Christmas Eve or by Christmas Eve, so yeah. I've never done it. And I was thinking I might go this year. It's not on this year. Wow. So, um, it and, sounds like such a a panto. Yeah. You know, and this... I I kind of want to go for for photographic purposes. I think as well. Yeah. um But of course, Smithfield Market is about to move out of London in the next few years. So it's true. We. I mean, I'm hoping next year it'll be on, but it may not be. Yeah or not they'll take that tradition to their new site remains to be seen but anyway it's fantastic there's some great pictures of it online go and have a little wow
0: fantastic
1: what's your next one
0: so my next one we are going to the royal albert hall so the royal albert hall is um yeah it's a beautiful concert venue which was opened in the 1870s They've had people performing there like Adele, Shirley Bassey, Eric Clapton, Beatles. Alex Lacey. Uh, have you performed there? Many, many times. Have you? Yes. Oh my God, with your choir? Yeah.
1: I was oh, a kid, my actually.
0: God. At Christmas. At Christmas and all the way through the year as well, yeah. Oh, you should be doing this one for him. Well I sake. should, but you picked it. Oh, my God. I didn't know. Because mm-hmm. we have personally sang together, haven't we, we have. in a choir. We have. But I didn't know that you were Royal Abbott Hall choir. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Well, um, yeah, they don't They don't have their own choir, but
1: I've sung with a variety but, of choirs. Yeah, but,
0: it. you know, in terms of venue, you know, it's yeah. pretty oh, expensive Wow. Um, so yes, it's incredible. And for about 150 years now, they've been having their Yule Tide celebrations. And they always get, um, you know, someone famous to perform. They've had people like Roger Daltrey, Sophie Ellis Baxter, um, various people. Um, and the Carol concert it's just beautiful you know you can't help but getting a bit kind of (laughs) teary-eyed they have the performance of Handel's Messiah um they usually have uh, hallelujah I can't can never say this word hallelujah please say hallelujah yes which we sang together (laughs)
1: last year we did can you say it when you were singing it (laughs) no (laughs)
0: I think when that came up I just kind of because <laughs> it was so loud in there it, you know no one could tell there was nothing coming out of my mouth um <laughs> <Brilliant>. budget,
1: <laughs> they have the, budget.
0: yeah they have the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra and last year um I went and it was wonderful and it was you know everybody had their phones and everybody turned their torch on their phone and I know you know come on put your mobile yeah. away but you've got thousands of people in there and there was this bright little dot coming from everybody's phone and everyone was waving their arms and there was silent night being sung and it was a very magical moment it was you know it was just stars That's everywhere it's
1: even more magical to see it from the stage All right. (laughs) (laughs) With these little thin bricks of light all over. It It is, yeah, it's it's incredible. It's such
0: an experience. Oh, bear. Oh wow, gosh, I've learned something, Alex. That's (laughs) wow, I'm really, really impressed. Um, but this year, of course, now there were there were choral concerts that you could um see online, or they were having you know a a smaller percentage of people in the auditorium. These have now all been cancelled, unfortunately. Mm. Um and before it was cancelled, I did see that for a £1,000, you could uh, hire the tier box, which seats four people. And for this, you could have had half a bottle of champagne, wine, mineral water, soft drinks, canapes, cold dishes, hot dishes, desserts, Christmas crackers. So I think for £250 each, which I think includes the performance. That's, yeah,
1: I was going to say, yeah, with a, with a performance. Um,
0: you know that that's pretty special isn't it because it is Amazing. something that you know
1: you do, you wouldn't do every year or maybe an people venue. do it's just it's so beautiful mm. and mm. it's it's i mean it's wonderful both singing there but also attending things there um
0: wow. it's
1: it's just an incredible venue
0: because you you have got a cracking singing voice i have to say
1: <laughs> not not lately i don't i' very much <laughs> out of practice at the minute but yeah <laughs> you're an alto aren't you i'm an alto they're the best yeah yeah <laughs>
0: A soprano, I'm, a, I'm a soprano but it is <laughs> pushing it to be honest <laughs> i never get up there but I can't get down to an auto so i'm somewhere in between
1: it's <laughs> a, a sort of one note <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i'm just
1: happy to be there <laughs> it's a lovely day out
0: <laughs> yeah
1: right over to you all right well my next one is something that happens actually on Christmas day um which i believe is still happening this year or at least it was i haven't been able to see I don't know if they might not have updated uh, whether or not they're doing it yet or a bit last minute um, but it is a swimming race that takes mm-hmm. place in the Serpentine which is the lake in the middle of Hyde Park and it's called the Peter Pan Cup um, and it's a hundred yard swim it's on Christmas day and it starts at 9am in the morning so it's a great start to your day now I should say um, you can't just go and swim the, it is a swimming. There is a swimming club that meets at the Serpentine and you can swim there through most of the year, um, but if you want to swim in the Peter Pan Cup, you have to be part of the swimming club and you also have to have um, qualified during the season and be on their handicap list, so you have to be in, basically qualified to get in their race. Um, And it's amazing, but they they really kind of encourage spectators to come along. I suspect this year, if the race goes ahead, they will discourage spectators. But nonetheless, Mm. Um, but every Christmas morning, 9 a.m., people get in there. You know, it'll be freezing cold, but in they get. And these people are people who will also swim throughout the whole winter. So it's not, you know, um, it's not that it'll be colder on any uh, particular day of the year but one of the reasons that they make you kind of qualify is because of course the water does get colder in the winter and if you've not done outdoor swimming and you just decide I'm going to turn up on Christmas day it would be a bit of a shock and, and there could be problems um and they have been meeting since uh, 1864 to do whoa. this whoa yeah which is um uh, you know one of the really kind of long London traditions and um In 1904, the reason it's called the Peter Pan Cup is is J.M. Barry, who used to live just to the north side of um, Hyde Park, he donated uh, a cup called the Peter Pan Cup, and that's where the name came from. And that was the same year that Peter Pan uh, was debuted on stage. So that was, uh, you know, a big year for him. And every year, J.M. Barry would actually come along and present the cup himself all the way for the best part of 30 years, which is really rather lovely. Wow. And then after he um he, he stopped presenting it, the there was a, a chap called Albert Greenbury, who was a really long-term member of the club, and he would start presenting it, and his family still present it to this day. So That's really rather lovely.
0: That is lovely, still- and we have a colleague who who does it every year. Do we? Uh, yes, Angus Campbell.
1: Oh wow.
0: Yes, and he he has said that uh, there was a couple of occasions where they had to literally break the ice before yeah. getting in. No, it was that cold madness madness um wow and do you know if it's if the person who wins the cup did they have to is it always the same cup or does each person that wins a cup gets to keep the cup alive? life no i believe it's the same cup it is the same cup up. yeah
1: so yep. it's you know it's
0: sort of hold this handed it like, down it again now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so i guess if you've won it then you ha- you have to make sure that you're there next Next year no, to the, hand the, over.
1: It's the, it's the Greenbury family that, that present it. So you don't have to worry about that.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. yeah Lovely. There we go. Very nice. Gosh, I so don't know, know if I Christmas would uh, have the balls to do that myself, but <laughs> <laughs> I would, either, to be honest. But hey,
1: I do fancy doing a swim in the serpentine uh, at some point. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe Gosh. a Christmas one. No, definitely. What's your you know? next one then?
0: So my next one is, well, we can't really not mention the Queen in our 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> so I want to mention the Queen's Christmas speech. An old Liz. Yes, which happens every year. It happens at three o'clock on Christmas Day. It is a pre-recorded message which they usually record a couple of days before Christmas. And it usually takes place in Sandringham, which is their home on the east coast of the country near Norfolk. Mm -hmm. But this year it's taking place at Windsor.
1: Mm.
0: Um, However, one year the Queen did actually present it outside. She broadcasted, yeah, in 1975 from the gardens of Buckingham Palace. Oh, wow. And um, that year she was talking about uh, unemployment.
1: Oh, fun.
0: So I don't know if she was outside kind of, you know. Kicked out. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> been left out in the cold, as it were. Um, so, yeah, so she always talks about, you know, something that, that has happened politically or something. I that wonder a lot of, what
1: she'll talk about this
0: year. Who knows? I mean, she probably will mention the C word. <laughs> God, she <forbid>. probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas. Um, yes, cool. uh, the first ever broadcast, Christmas broadcast by uh, the monarch, was by King George V in 1932. And, of course, that was just broadcasted on the radio. Mm. And then the first televised broadcast took place in 1957. And that, of course, was by Her Majesty the Queen. Um, in 2012, you could have downloaded the Queen's speech on a Kindle. Really? Yep. And it was also, I don't understand this, but in 2012, it was also broadcasted um, in 3D for the first time oh. in 3D. Did you manage to catch that?
1: Um, I did not. No, no.
0: <laughs> and this year, the Queen's speech will be available through Alexa. Oh, yes, I did hear that was happening, actually. Yes, which I won't speak to because I've got Alexa in here and I don't want her to start shouting at me. Shut <laughs> um... have Alexa. Oh, I don't know that. Oh, did you hear that? <laughs> up alexa um oh she stopped um so yes so you will be able to to you know ask uh she who shan't be named um (laughs) to put the queen's speech on if you know you don't have a a television or 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 whatever yeah Do
1: you know my lovely grandma who i miss terribly um she would always always have to watch the queen's speech at three o'clock mm. and she you know we'd, whatever we were doing on christmas day we would stop we'd sit down and we'd watch the queen's speech so yes. i I always remember her through that because <laughs> of course yes, we always definitely. do it quite so much we tend to sometimes if it's if it's on and we remember it's on yeah watch it in our family but often we'll kind of go oh we've missed the queen's speech and then catch up on it later but um mm. but yeah i think it's uh it was always for my grandma it was always the, the kind of the, the point in Christmas that, that's non-negotiable
0: yes that you kind of sit down all together and you know you watch the television I think I think that's nice I've I've only recently started getting excited about it It sounds terrible doesn't it God. um I guess Well, I say recently you know since I've been a guide over 10 years I, I found it quite interesting because you you really want to know what the queen is going to say because she doesn't make too many speeches per year so and, uh, um it's quite and interesting. actually what,
1: what's really um what I really remember is when Dawn French did her alternative Queen speech and she did it in the manner of Catherine Zeta Jones a few years back. That was hilariously funny. Oh, I didn't see
0: that oh, it's I on loved YouTube, go and have a look French. at it. It's, oh, it was have so to.
1: funny. Brilliant. Um, sort of going between a Welsh accent and an American accent, which really, <laughs> really good. Um, so I highly recommend that. <laughs> nice.
0: Okay, I'm passing the uh, the cracker baton over. Off all you right, go. well,
1: seeing as you've just mentioned the Queen, I'm actually going to keep the royal theme going here a little bit Ooh, lovely. Um, because we're going to head to the Royal Mews, which is a, actually it's part of Buckingham Palace. It's around the back and it's the, um, the stables and the place where they keep all the royal coaches, the carriages, essentially. Um, it's home to the horses that pull the carriages. It's home to the carriages themselves. And crucially for this, it's home to a whole variety of families who live in the Mews, particularly with children. And some of them are families that have lived there, you know, several generations there. Some people are on the third generation of their family who have been grooms and, and workers at the Royal Mews. So it's a real kind of, there's a community there and really fantastic. Now, one of the things, there were two types of horses there. There are the greys, the Windsor greys, and there are also uh, the bay horses, brown horses. And the only ones, Um, the only person who is allowed to have grey horses pull her carriage is the Queen. There is a little exception though, and this exception is Father Christmas, because every year uh, at, uh, around Christmas time they have a party for all the children in the Mews. and there is a sleigh that you can see if you visit the Mews during the year it is parked up with the rest of the the old sort of historic carriages and it is a sleigh covered in lights and tinsel and all kinds of stuff and the Windsor greys are attached to the front of the sleigh and the sleigh is pulled around the royal muse and Santa delivers presents to all the children oh. there really sweet. And the reason um, that I want to kind of link it to the Queen is because she it was featured in her Christmas speech in 1986. They were particularly talking about families and children that year. And so she talked about and I think there were some pictures of um, the celebration of that in the in the muse, which I think is just such a sweet little thing to do. Um, That's beautiful. You've got the the, the stuff there to be able to do it. Why not do it? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, very sweet. So sure, oh, I not like sweet, that. that one. But I, I love yeah, it. It's, no, not, that's it's not
1: something that's open to the public. It's only a private thing. Mm. It's not something we'd ever get to see. Mm. Um, but but
0: really nice that so they put lovely. that on for
1: the yeah. for the staff's staff's children. Absolutely. So mm. There we go. What about you? What's your number four?
0: So um, my number four is um, oh, well, actually, I think this is number five. Um, is this is a bit of a short one as well so this is buck's fizz so <laughs> buck's fizz which is um champagne with a bit of orange juice
1: will you That's be putting orange juice with well, your now, I, champagne no, now okay let's let's just let's just get real for a minute here you're drinking <laughs> champagne don't put anything in it let's not be crazy here yeah if am with you. prosecco or carver or other sparkly wine fine put some stuff in it don't mess with the champagne. Don't yeah, exactly. Don't
0: try to modify it. perfection. Yes. Um well, Bucks Fizz, which as you just mentioned, is a kind of a Christmas morning kind of drink. And it was invented in 1921 in London at the Bucks Club. Mm. And the Bucks Club is kind of a highbrow gentleman's club, which uh has existed. Um, since 1919, so just a couple of years before the Bucks Fizz was, uh, was first made. Um, it's still a club that is going strong today, and it can be found kind of um, behind the Burlington Arcade, quite close to New Bond Street. Yeah, So they had kind of a, a, an American cocktail bar and their barman, who was called Malarkey McGarry, great apparently, name, Malarkey McGarry, McGarry, <laughs> um, came up with this recipe. And apparently, there are a couple of other additional ingredients. If you were to order a, a Bucks Fizz at
1: the But they always club. like to make it, you have their own sort of specialty, don't they? These places, they do they invent something.
0: Um, and it's very similar to uh, Mimosa, which is a cocktail that was invented in Paris four years after Bucks Fizz. Oh, what makes the Mimosa and the Bucks
1: Fizz different? I, th- I don't know, actually. I think they're... Because I think if you ordered similar. a Mimosa in America, they would give you sparkling wine and orange juice, I think. I might be wrong. Yeah, so
0: maybe it's not,
1: maybe it it's isn't not champagne. Theoret- it is in theory, it is different. Um, yes. I'm not sure what the difference
0: is. Do they bung a cherry in it?
1: They might bung a cherry in it. I don't
0: know. <laughs> or maybe, I think it's grenadine actually. Mm. Well, either way. Put a grenadine in there. Buck's Fizz but... is the classic. Yes, yes. Do you have so Bucks there Fizz we go. Fizz? That was just. Um, yes, yes. We had it last year. It's the only time we ever drink Buck's Fizz, isn't it? It's on Christmas. Yeah, yeah. But we had it. We didn't have it with champagne. We had it with Prosecco. <laughs> yeah, correct. Correct. Exactly. you know. <laughs> um You're very so, territorial yeah. about my champagne. <laughs> I
1: can tell. <laughs> Um, So, yeah, so it's just a little one there. So back over to you. All right. Well, my next one is um, something that we used to do when I was kids. We came uh, to London fairly regularly around Christmas to come and see the shop windows, because this is a big, big deal. And you mentioned Harrods earlier in the Harrods Bear and the fact that it has this whole kind of Christmas, you know, big old thing going on inside. But outside is as much part of the festivities as anywhere else. Um, Now, the... The, sort of the Christmas window thing is said to have originated in New York with Macy's, but over here, uh, the man who brought it over, and that would make sense if, if that was the case, because the man who brought it over to London was Harry Gordon Selfridge, so the guy who set up Selfridges and was himself American. An american um <laughs> he started out in uh, 1909 uh by creating these amazing windows so as the shoppers are coming around they can start to you know get enticed into the into the shops um and in particular you know you, uh, we've kind of got a little bit of the industrial revolution to thank for it it's wildly sexy I know but um you have the um invention of well you, firstly you've got people who've got loads more money Um, to go and buy all sorts of things and go window shopping but then you get gas lights as well um, which some of the first places to use gas lights were shop windows often before the streets uh, were illuminated so you get these kind of really twinkling windows so as time goes on these shops start to create these amazing windows filled with this light and it looks really enticing and of course we know we're in midwinter at the minute it gets darker four o'clock um so from four o'clock when people are realistically still out and about and shopping uh the twinkle of these lights the lure is going to bring people in um and gordon selfridge also started the the very common now slightly annoying phrase of uh so many days or weeks to christmas mm. um and he basically by doing that he kind of got his shoppers into a bit of a frenzy and they, they were kind of all oh, eight days to christmas and you know oh, let's go shopping and spending money it was quite ingenious to be honest um and then you start to get other stores joining in, so places like Liberty, like Harris that you mentioned, Fortnum and Mason, the Queen's Grocer, John Lewis, Harvey Nichols. Actually, Harvey Nichols this year have properly gone with uh reading the room. Their window in sparkling lights just says "Bar Humbug." <laughs> oh, does it? Oh. It does, which is fantastic. Because so normally they they're made up of just amazing stuff, mm. huge kind of amazing scenes of festive amazingness, but. This year, Harvey Nichols has just gone, ah, stuff it, which is fair Shot
0: enough. it, humbug.
1: Exactly. <laughs> See you next year. <laughs> and and you know, these, these windows, I shouldn't, they're, they're not, not to be sniffed at. They are, some people, some shops will take 10, 12, 13 months even to create the concept. So some of them are working on next year's Christmas windows before this year's Christmas has already happened. I mean, that's how much of a big deal they wow. take it. Um, Harrods, the, the Christmas discussions usually start, pretty much directly after Christmas. Um, and they've come up with some amazing stuff in the past. In in 2009, they had these huge um, red sparkly <gasps> shoes. Yes. You see them? I, oh, the yeah, this is the one that
0: my mind always goes to when I think of the shop
1: windows. Oh, really? Has. Yeah. And they were sort of sticking out the front of the, the store. And it was about the height of, two, of a double-decker bus so you know it was pretty big they were like dorothy legs weren't they yeah the, i think they were supposed to be the witches because they had the sparkling shoes and they had the stripy tights mm. going on as well so it must have been the shoes that she then steals from the witch yeah um but yeah this amazing sort of uh dorothy windows which is just incredible did i say alice in wonderland earlier i might have done i think i'm going mad i don't um, think you did well okay and 2015 they did this amazing thing because it was a year where they were thinking about um kids and involving kids in the festivities so what they did is the floors of all the windows they raised them by, I don't know, about a foot or so, and then they created a sort of an underfloor theatre scenes at the eye level for the children. So, whilst above, you've got all of the kind of brands and all that sort of stuff going on for the adults below you have these amazing little scenes of mice getting ready for christmas Mm. oh yes yes stuff it was lovely yeah you know this does go back an awfully long way um if we go back to 1851 cast your minds back um which is the great year of the great exhibition fortnum and mason who's the queen's grocer um they won a gold medal at the great exhibition and then that same year they decided to kind of um Talk about their their triumph at the Great Exhibition with their windows. So they had this huge, huge um, exhibit with the all the kind of the fruits of the earth spilling out everywhere. And another year, so one of the things that was very popular for a while was um, turtle soup. It's one of the reasons why turtles are um, you know, well were for a very long time endangered is because turtle soup was apparently delicious. And they filled one of their windows with a tank of water and they had a real turtle swimming in there to make the point that their their turtle soup was made from real turtles because some of people would fake it and they were like no nope, our turtle soup is real turtles gosh uh, would that not put people off no, not back in the not back in eighteen hundreds. No,
0: on. I guess not. No, no, no. no. It's not I like mean, today. No. They'd be like, God, they're not oh. going to take that straight. I mean, out this of the is tank. where you,
1: you know you properly see health and safety going out of, out of the the window because you just didn't have health and safety oh, back yes, then. So of one of their windows had these um, shooting stars that leapt across the windows made with gas lamp. I mean, oh. so not safe. Yeah. Uh, but talk going back to animals. There was um, a department store in Kingston called Bentalls. And they had their own circus um, with an elephant and a lion. And at night, when the shop was shut, they had to keep the elephant and lion somewhere. So they shoved them in the lift. (gasps) In in the the lift lift together? Yeah. Put them in the lift shaft and that's where they'd keep them. I mean, Gosh. just crazy, really. Um, so it is something that is really popular. And people still come to London to see the windows and different years. You know, there's there's all sorts of talk about whether so-and-so has gone better or worse this year than they have done before. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's something that, you know, time might usually do a kind of rating system of them. Um, but just some, a really lovely bit of free festive fun that you can kind of come and enjoy um
0: completely yeah it it can get quite competitive can't it and I you know I think when I'm looking at them I'm kind of judging window by window
1: yeah
0: and I think Selfridges this year um they've done some beautiful windows all of their basically every window looks like a Christmas tree made out of upcycled materials
1: Mm. um yeah, one you're right. It is a of years ago. There was, I think it was Selfridges. I might be wrong, but I think it was Selfridges. They they created all these amazing scenes out of loads of different products that they sold. Mm. So there were, you know, you, you'd go and see a sleigh, or you'd see a Christmas tree, and then you'd look close. You'd be like, oh, it's made out of hair dryers, or oh, it's made out of shoes. It was mm. really, really clever. Um, mm. That one, I thought. But yeah, I'm with you. The 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 feet sticking out the bottom is was really so memorable. memorable because yeah.
0: there's the, the shoes were so glittery and red um yeah yeah I, I sort
1: of feel like this year there's been a little bit it, they've been a bit more somber this year for obvious reasons so i reckon next year assuming we're all back to you know back mm. to normal i reckon they're gonna go out all out for it
0: yeah true although this year there's been more kind of hopeful messages there's a lot of love
1: hearts and and carnaby street this year with the street illuminations are very lovely they're all about yeah messages of hope yeah Yeah.
0: very nice alex very nice what's your next one then well you mentioned bar humbugs, so of course i'm going to be talking about charles dickens charles chickens (laughs) um charles dickens so charles dickens was born in london And he wrote A Christmas Carol. And when he wrote and published A Christmas Carol in 1843, it was kind of the first time that people got really excited about a Christmas story that wasn't related to a religious story. Mm. Um, So he wrote it in just six weeks, A Christmas Carol. Um, It went on sale on the 19th of December. And He's sold out, late, isn't he? I know, I know. Um, sold out by Christmas Day. That's how popular wow. it was. Um, and it's a story which um, you follow a couple of characters. Um, you follow uh, a family who are going through hard times, and you follow a man called Scrooge who is just obsessed about money and power. Doesn't really have any connection to family or doesn't really kind of love anything. Um, meets a ghost in the middle of the night. And the ghost basically tells him and shows him how he could have been different if he chose certain pathways. And it's a real feel-good story. Mm. And to purchase it back then, it would have been about £25. And bar humbug actually became incredibly popular, that phrase, bar humbug, because (laughs) of A Christmas Carol, along with Merry Christmas... So apparently the reason why we say Merry Christmas a lot is because of the book. And Dickens would read extracts of the book to many, many people. He did, I think it was over 60 performances. And it was like a performance. You know, he kind of acted out the characters and really got into it. Um, His first ever performance of reading part of A Christmas Carol was to 2,000 people in Birmingham. Um, He also went to America, on a couple of occasions to read the novel and it said that he had a pretty a pretty weird diet which is probably <laughs> how he got quite unwell in the end and, and passed away um, but before a reading he would have rum dripped on tablespoons or of. a tablespoon tablespoon of rum with a little bit of cream oh. flavor he would have a pint of champagne brilliant and then yeah, he start, would, sounds like
1: me on Christmas this year. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then he would mix up egg yolk and just swallow them. Oh. And that would be kind of like that does his. Not pre- sound like me. No, <laughs> that sounds a bit bit much. Um. And his last before he died, the last ever reading he did was of a Christmas Carol. Um. And this was in St James's Hall in Piccadilly in 1870, which is the year that he passed away. And his son recorded his last words to the audience, which was, from these garish lights, I vanish now forevermore with one heartfelt, grateful, respectful and affectionate farewell. Oh, yeah. And then he passed.
1: Not at that time he passed. but His descendant, Lucinda, um, Mm -hmm. still, she came on tea break a few weeks back. She Um, did she still does Christmas readings um, of it as well. She does mm. readings too, which is... Yeah, a lot, to carry that kind of tradition but... that's lovely. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. And the old Vic, um, they did have a performance yeah. of A Christmas Carol. I think they have done a couple already that they were streaming live. I think they were doing it as from last, the middle of last week. Um, but, of course, they've had to cancel now, unfortunately. But I don't know if you can go online and and there see is, a is pre-recording. There a
1: version. I don't think it's the old... Oh, is it the old thing? There is one theatre that has done a virtual version of it, but I don't know mm. that it was either of the two because the old Vic and I think the bridge were doing it as well oh, okay. um I don't know if it's either of them I think it might be somebody else doing a virtual version so if, yeah if you want that but I mean nothing tops them up it's Christmas Carol does it This true <laughs> yeah 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 nothing tops that that's the no. best thing <laughs> <laughs> okay Alex over to you so um my next one is uh, something that is it happens every single year and it's it's quite lovely and a lot of people don't always notice it's there and it's it's very simply the trafalgar square christmas tree which Mm. is a lovely little thing of course there are christmas trees all over london i say little thing it's not little at all it's huge um (laughs) but this one is quite particular because every year and it has been every year since 1947 um the the tree that is in trafalgar square has come from norway And it is a gift to London from Norway um, because during the Second World War, we, you know, obviously we were allies. But in particular, in 1940, Germany invaded Norway and they attempted to capture the king, King Harkon, uh, and the members of the royal family in this little town called Nybergsund. And they attacked it and the, the government and the king and everyone was staying there and they managed to escape. They came to London. And they were, the king was in exile here, essentially. And he led the resistance from here. Um, now, in 1943, what I think is really quite enterprising is that there were uh, underground fighters in Norway who sent a tree to King Hark. In fact, they sent more than one. They sent one for the Norwegian embassy and one for Trafalgar Square in 1943. Um, and they managed to get them out of Norway and over to England, which I think is amazing. And so ever since 1947, The tree has been officially cut down and brought to London. And it's not just any tree as well. They properly take pride in this amazing tree. It's known as the Queen of the Forest. Um, It's the tallest tree in the forest, and they're usually over 20 metres high. So it's huge. Um, And somewhere between 50 and 60 years old normally, although I think last year's one was 85 years of age. Whoa. Really impressive. And there's all these forests outside of Oslo, and the foresters go through the, the forest and they look for the best trees Um, and we're talking years in advance here and they basically kind of cultivate them in a sort of you know, X-Factor style elimination process. And they cultivate them. And they what they do is they clear the ground around them so that the trees get the best light and they'll grow the most. And then the tallest tree in the forest, the best one, it has to be perfect. They will cut it down and bring it over um, and place it in 12th square. And, it, you know, this is something its absolutely enormous. It's huge. And it's um, when it's cut down, the uh, Lord Mayor of Westminster, the British Ambassador to Norway and the Mayor of Oslo all go to this cutting down of the tree. And then it is brought over by the sea and then finishes the journey by lorry. And it's so huge, it needs a hydraulic lift to get it into place on Trafalgar Square. Um, And it is amazing. It stands at the the center of the square um, dressed with traditional Norwegian lights. And then it will stay there till the 12th night when it's taken down and recycled and chipped and mulched and all that kind of thing. Um, but it's a lovely little thing. And it's not, I have to say, it's not the only place that uh, Norway gives a tree to. Uh, other places in the UK are, um, they send one up to Scotland, to Edinburgh. There's one in Newcastle. There's the Orkney Islands as well. So there's a few places that Norway send these trees to. Um, but it's really a rather lovely gift uh, as, as, you know, just as, a, as a remembrance of of allyship. And especially, you know, now that we're heading into um, brexit and what have you i think it's a really lovely reminder that uh that the friends are there
0: i do knowing that it's it's come all the way from norway yeah. and just suddenly standing in the middle of london um yeah it's it's a really it's beautiful a culture shop for the tree yeah definitely <laughs> and, and it's, and it it's really
1: quite... quiet now everyone's here <laughs> yeah um... <laughs>
0: And you know, in terms of the journey, because it's a pretty, pretty crazy journey, isn't mm. it? To 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 see how much is left of the tree. And I say left of the tree because a couple of years ago, um, it did look like it had been for a storm a sparse, yeah. on the way down. <laughs> but it it is lovely and it is one of those things that you can't wait to see
1: every year in yeah. Trafalgar Square. And there's usually carols around the base of it, pretty much every day, not this year, of course, but um mm. Uh, and it's just a lovely little central spot right at the heart of London. Um, yeah. It's Very thing, nice. We? There we go. Lovely. Right, we have your last one.
0: Yes, so my last one, I just want to talk about charity. This charity is called Crisis. Um, You might be familiar. Um, Crisis um, does Crisis at Christmas every year, which has been going on since 1972. And it's a homeless charity. So every Christmas they put so much effort into aiding the homeless around Christmas time. And Crisis is a charity that you can really... um, get involved with because there are lots of shops where you can either go in and purchase secondhand clothes and obviously all the money goes to homelessness or you can go in and purchase uh, lunch and a cup of coffee and all of those people that are serving you especially in the one which is close to old gate which is a cafe Mm,
1: commercial road
0: isn't it uh Uh, The people that are serving you are people that have been through hard times and they have been taught how to make coffee. They've been taught how to work in the kitchen. Um, And it's just a wonderful charity that through lockdown has done so much for people living on the streets. They've been getting people into hotels and looking after people, showing people how to, um, you know, kind of look after yourself in the way of hygiene and on their websites, so if you go to their crisis website, you can purchase ethical goods um, for Christmas presents. So if you're wanting to buy something where you know that the money is going to help um, the homeless, then you can go to their website. And they've got all sorts of different gifts on there that you could buy for Christmas or maybe a New Year's Eve present or just something nice for yourself. So some lovely jewellery. They have these really beautiful kind of Vogue, Vogue hands <laughs> that you can wear on your ears. Um, little doves, um, lots of things to do with coffee, and you can also uh, donate twenty eight pounds and twenty two pence, which will go such a long way. It will be able to um, give people a place to stay. Um, it will give them friendship and support from volunteers, essential food and festive treats, phone and online counselling, so, so much. Mm. So I just wanted to to note that.
1: Um, it's, it's a fantastic charity. It's one that's quite close to my heart because I... Um, did volunteer with them for several Christmases, quite a few years, actually. Oh, brilliant. Um, And I haven't done it for a few years. And I have to say, it's something I really miss. Mm. And this year, they can't open their homeless shelters. And the homeless shelters usually um, are what take place in... I mean, everything is gifted. So all the food they get, all of the locations they get, everything. So the locations are often schools, community halls that, when they're empty, are then donated their space, essentially. Um, And this year, they just can't with COVID. So they have been asking uh, volunteers to fundraise instead and they've been putting people in um, hostels and that kind of thing because a lot of the time homelessness uh, at christmas you know the hostels if you are homeless doesn't mean you're necessarily on the street it means that you're without uh, per- permanent residents and mm. hospitals all closed around Christmas, so that's why their sleep centres are really needed. So this year, of course, is very difficult and they can't do it. So um, yeah, But it's a wonderful charity, really, really fantastic. Yeah,
0: it is. I've got a friend who works on the front line with them, and you know, it's just so rewarding. You can see, I bet when you were volunteering, you know how rewarding it was for you um, because you can really push push people in terms of you know helping them with a career and. Um,
1: yeah, there was a uh, the, the centre that I used to volunteer at. There was a lovely chap called, um, well, we always called him JC. And um, he was there year after year and he lived in the park around the corner and he'd never go into the sleep centres because he didn't feel comfortable there. He felt much more comfortable in the park where he'd been for many years. And he was so sweet. Every Christmas he would um, do a hug So oh. he would barrel up to you in the middle of, you know, of your shift and he would give you a hug and then say, right, you have to pay for that. And you'd have to donate money. (laughs) And and on Christmas Day, I think it, it, it double the amount you had to give or whatever and, yeah you know, so he, he would catch you like five or six times in a shift and you'd be just constantly putting him, and all that money would go to to crisis bless him nice. um, and we used to joke so his birthday was on christmas day so we used to joke he was called jc for jesus christ his actual name was john connor which is possibly oh, answer, even better john yeah. connor john, yeah so we, he was known as jc and really sadly he died a couple of years ago and some of the volunteers i couldn't go but went to his funeral um but jc was an absolute crisis legend
0: nice such a
1: great guy and interestingly the the centre that we worked in that he used to come to was the school that his daughter went to as a student as a pupil um mm-hmm. she was still there as you know as a pupil and he was living in the park around the corner so yeah
0: wow
1: really interesting chap yeah
0: there we go crisis well thanks for
1: highlighting crisis because I, I they are fantastic and i i think they do a wonderful wonderful work and yeah. my last one is something that makes no sense this year mm. um but it makes sense every other year and my last one is very simply empty london because normally christmas day is the only day that you get london to yourself public transport doesn't run there's probably the odd uber zipping about there's nothing open or very usually there's nothing open. occasionally there's there's the odd walking tour or whatever going on but london streets are empty now of course this year we've seen that during lockdown so mm. it's slightly less um interesting than it would normally be but christmas day you know that's the day to go and take photos to go and enjoy cycling around london on your own and just have london to yourself um so this year like i say has been like the kind of thing you could do regularly but going forward um we hope that christmas will be the, the day that you can do that in london
0: mm, yeah i've never spent um christmas in london i've always kind of gone to see family and stuff but this year um we are gonna like go for a walk near Mm. central london although as you say it's been you know it's already you've you've kind of felt that eeriness of nobody along the streets and it being really quiet but but yes you're right christmas is is a very quiet time in central london it really is it's Mm. lovely for that Mm.
1: So that's it for us. Those are our our twelve days days of Christmas Christmas. in things. (laughs) In things, we're not going to ask you to vote this week, uh, because no, there's no point in that because we just no, we're just having a a, kind of a a friendly chat about Christmas. Exactly, but we will be back um, in the new year. Yes, the next um, of our. Uh, normal style podcast, uh, the first of 2021. Yes, so worry, twenty twenty one. Yes, so don't worry, guys. Yet. We will be spinning the wheel again. Well, do you want to spin the wheel this week? Because we need to oh. know what we're going to do. Oh, that's true. Because it's your choice, isn't it? Uh, is it my choice? Yes. yes. All right. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I
0: didn't okay. think I was going to get the wheel out, but give me a I'm second. I get it now.
1: The wheel of destiny. Okay. Like so wheel.
0: I've got the wheel. Um, is there anywhere you want
1: it to land? No, I'm all good. I've got my little list of things, so I'm just oh, going to yes, wait. Oh, yes, you do, don't you? Yeah. Okay, right. Gosh, this is the last spin, the last of, 2020. spin of 2020. I feel a bit
0: emotional. <laughs> <laughs> okay, off Thanks. we go. Oh, oh, it's landed somewhere that's, it, it could be a bit obscure for some. Okay.
1: Um, It's landed on bow. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant, yes. Love it. I'm, I'm, I was a bit charming when we first put Bo on the thing. I was like, oh, my goodness. But there is so much great stuff, Rambo. Um, there is. So that is one that was on my list. So we're all good. I am going to go with the Match Girl Strike of 1888. Oh, great story. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. So that'll be oh, the first fantastic. one of 2021. Wow. So with Rebellion and Revolution to start off the new year. Yeah, strike it off. Strike wow.
0: off 2020. Yep. With um, the
1: story of the Match Girls. Brilliant. Really? 2021 is going to be a better match for us. Uh, yes. For ay, ay. <laughs>
0: oh brilliant. Okay. All right. Well, I look forward to that and I'm sure everyone else will as well.
1: Yay. Fabulous. Well, listen, it just remains for us to say have a very safe, very happy Christmas. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening this year as well. We've loved launching the podcast. We've loved doing it we really have
0: guys it's been oh it's just been so much fun and it's just been so nice to have uh, a bit of a routine and a reason to to talk about history and you know it's yeah it's been wonderful so thank you so much it's been for a real tuning in
1: spark in the year for me so
0: yeah yeah so absolutely. thank you all so
1: much please like and subscribe uh tell your friends about us um we'd love more people to come and listen uh, not that we don't love you lot of course but you know
0: Always better, <laughs> the more the merrier, the more the merrier. And enjoy your Bucks Fizz, enjoy your turkey you. sandwiches new on Christmas, year. no, no, on Boxing Day. Boxing Day, yeah,
1: absolutely. Um,
0: yeah, have a wonderful time, and we will
1: see you all in the new year for more fun and games on Ladies Who London podcast.
0: Yeah, big love, guys. Take care, Merry
1: Christmas. Bye. <laughs>